Welcome to the Good Bottle Podcast. Join Chris and Drew, two self-proclaimed booze pundits with a lifetime of industry experience as they walk you through the alcohol business and how today's headlines affect the industry. Each week, the guys will be joined by a special guest that will help them break down these stories and offer their own expertise to the podcast. So, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and sit back. This is the Good Bottle Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Good Bottle Time. This is your host, Mr. Chris Sinclair, joined by my co-host, Drew Garrison. Hi, guy. How you doing today? Did you change the name of our podcast and you didn't tell me? It's a Good Bottle Time. It's a Good Bottle Time now? Good Bottle Time. (laughs) I guess that would have been like, we've been sharing back and forth all these different memes about white guys starting podcasts and how it needs to come to an end. Um, you know, it's funny the, a good time uh, with it. The, the one that you, the one that you posted about, uh, uh, what, uh, it being sexy, <laughs> uh, something was something about, um, uh, uh, you know, top five things women find most sexy about men. Number four, starting a podcast. Yeah. 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 Uh, my some... wife had, my wife has in fact said, you know what? I, I actually do find that sexy. She likes listening to our voices in the car. I would like to think that it's my voice, but it's also probably your voice a little bit. So, well, I mean, I'm here to help. That's what I'm here I to do. I appreciate that, man. So, Jen, this, That's what friends this are goes for. out to you, baby. I I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> so, uh, um, but, uh, but no, that's, that's great. I, and, you know, and I do think it's, it's important for us to, to poke fun at ourselves because, um, you know, we've, we've been, we've been on this hot streak and we have all these amazing guests that have come on and the numbers just keep, they just keep going up. We've become in the cream of the crop and it's been, it's been great. And I think, I think tonight's episode is going to be really fun too. You know, we're going to talk about just the, how the labor force has changed in our industry. And we have some, uh, we have some unique perspectives here as well. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the difference in what brands are valuing, whether it's influencers on social media or bartenders. And I think it's going to be um, a really great conversation. And our guest tonight, there are so many things that I wrote down about them to include in their intro, and I'm not 100% sure where to start. So I'm just going to do them all, right? Because there was a lot of things that you can kind of pull from. Uh, this person is the Angels Envy brand ambassador. For I guess we'll say Northern Florida or all of Florida. We'll see. It's it's a big place. Um, they are a tortured Jacksonville Jaguars fan and Florida State alumni. Uh, they have collaborated with Raekwon from the Wu Tang Clan. So that means that this person is Wu Tang adjacent, which is like the closest that we've ever gotten to Wu Tang, which is amazing. Uh, he uh, he has launched a online movement he has launched a brand that personifies the bartender community this is the founder of mover and shaker and when people think of mover and shaker they think of great things like stronger drinks they think of dak till death i have one of those shirts they think of dope pins and all this different fun stuff and all these different things but also one of the things that they've done is they've raised money for hurricane victims in puerto rico they've raised they raised fifteen thousand dollars for john lermayer's family after he suddenly passed away, which was horrible. And they stepped up and collaborated actually with a future guest of ours and raised all that money for them. So our guest tonight is Nick Hogan, the founder of Mover and Shaker. Brother, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is amazing. 
Wow, thank you. I need to uh, hire you as my copywriter for an about me on the <laughs> website. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm finding out things about myself I didn't know. <laughs> it's it's you know one of one of the things that I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to get to that page eight of uh, <laughs> of uh, people's uh, Google searches on and stuff Google, on Google. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the and you got dark you, history. That's right, and you got to get pretty specific with you because eventually you you turn into the Nick Hogan of Hulk Hogan, <laughs> no. you know, stardom. So yeah, you gotta you got to navigate it a certain way. Um, now I want to talk about this a little bit more in depth, but not right this second. Cause I have another question for you before. So typically what we would ask somebody in this situation is what are you drinking? And you, uh, right. You, you are sober. And so you're, you're not going to be drinking anything. Um, but I did have a question for you because this was actually a question that was posed to you years ago. And I want to see if it's still a potential thing for you. Right. Because you've sure, got your hands yeah. into so many different stuff. Now, you were asked many years ago. If you were to open a novelty bar, what would it be? And your answer at the time was to open a vintage Italian cafe racer bar that only served Amaro and shots of espresso. Is that still your dream? And when do we get to see it? Wow. I don't remember saying that, but that sounds like an amazing bar. So I think I'm going to stick with that. That sounds super dope. <laughs> Um, I will just be like sitting in the corner, highly caffeinated apparently, which yeah, nothing's really changed there. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get some investors on the line and, and get this going. Well, so, so I, I, I was thinking about including that into your intro, but what I've learned <laughs> in the past by doing that is, and we learn this all the time, but like we say things on this podcast and then someone brings them up to us a week later, and I have no idea what they're talking about. So <laughs> you know, you have you have this history uh, that is you know able to to be you know researched and stuff like that. In fact, I think I even found an interview with you from IWantABuzz.com when you were still at Grape and Grain, and it was really interesting because obviously so much of what you talk about now is mover and shaker, but back then it was just about the cocktails. It was just about the spirits yeah. and, and cultivating this experience for consumers and whatnot. And, and it was really great because even in that article, you could see yourself like dishing out credit to people and kind of being like this, no, like it's collaborative effort. It's this, it's that it was, it was really rad. And you can see that and it's continued to manifest through mover and shaker, right? Where it's really about building this community up and, um, you know, and even though I know that you started it with the thought process of like, how do you build your own personal brand? Like it really was about building up the overall brand of bartenders. So we do have a lot of people who listen to this show who are actually not in the industry. So if you could, why don't you break down what Mover and Shaker is? Yeah, for sure. First of all, I think in that article, I if there's a photo, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing a Wu-Tang shirt, which that goes a little full circle, but... That's a unrelated note, but um, yeah, mover and shaker, man. I mean, it's it's been a journey. It's been about five years. Um, I started in 2017 with my buddy Matt Shale, um, and he's gone on to uh, he works for the skate park at Tampa, which is super dope. So right now it's me and my girlfriend. But yeah, basically I started back in 2017. Um, kind of grew up just like super into music and skateboarding, and when I kind of got into bartending and um, trying to make a name for myself, I really wanted to find like my own avenue of creativity. Um, and I was working with another bartender who was like super well-known on Instagram, uh, Josue. Uh, he was the garnish guy. Uh, he unfortunately passed away, I think a year and a half ago, but he was doing just like super dope cocktails on Instagram, had this like huge following. 
And um, I want to do something kind of, you know, Instagram was like booming then. So I was like, well, what can I do? And uh, kind of just like fell into the merch game. I had a friend, um, Jake, and he was super into wrestling. You kind of made this connection already, but my, my name is Nick Hogan. So he made a Hulk Hogan pin and uh, I bought it. And I was like, this is super dope. I got to have a Hulk Hogan pin for my name. But um, kind of reached out to him and I was like, hey, man, how'd you you know get started into this? And he kind of gave me a rundown. And I was like, okay, cool. Like that seems like something I could do. Um, and so I got together with Matt, who was doing kind of that graphic design at the time and started just creating stuff for bartenders. So I had just bought like a new apron. I was like decking it out with pins. I was doing like some Wu-Tang pins, some some other uh, just stuff I was into. And no one was really doing bartender pins at the time. So just made a couple pins. I did like an Angostura bottle and a Fernet bottle. And uh, it just like snowballed just one thing after another. And, you know, here we are five years later. Uh, I have like 400 products on our websites. Insane. And um, I think what we're kind of most known for now is like our social media presence with uh, the memes and um, kind of my ethos behind the Instagram page was like making it very community driven, always want to really connect with people. Cause really at the end of the day, it was about like getting to know our industry and sharing like our story from the inside, because I think kind of what we'll get into later is like bartenders, do we have a voice and are we listened to? And it's really something that uh, COVID is, is really kind of showed us some dark places in that, um, you know, in that perspective. So, yeah, I, I, you know, here we are making memes. <laughs> so, so I, I think the, you know, the one thing that, that I want to highlight for our listeners is that like, like not only are you like a major presence within the, the community and stuff like that, but I do find situations where people outside the industry are still sharing your stuff because it's funny and there's relatable things and, um, you know, and there's, and there's trends that you have basically started. So, um, like I single-handedly blame you guys for the espresso martini. Um, <laughs> when, what, when my brother-in-law ordered one on new year's Eve, I just was like, Jesus Christ, mover and shaker strikes again. <laughs> Um, and then of course the, probably the most, the, probably the, I mean, in maybe correct me wrong. Cause you, you're a lot closer to it and you're constantly getting messages, but the vermouth, keep it in the refrigerator. Like that's, that's the hill yeah. that you're going to die on. And that one uh, is like literally taken a life of its own where like, like people just every day I have like at least two or three, if not like 10 and I have to like hand pick which one's the best. Cause it's like, I can't post them all obviously, but. I'm just like, man, this is still going. And it's, it's like hilarious, but it's also like, I don't know. Will it ever end? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just so funny. Well, and you, and the thing that I'm really curious about and Nick and Chris, I'll let you ask the, ask the next question, but it's like, how do you find this time? Cause it just feels like there's just always something <laughs> to look at, you know, like you guys do such a good job of keeping on top of it where I feel like, like, Oh, there's just something, there's a new story or there's a new post or whatever the case would be. And then there's also kind of like this elite level where a lot of things will get shared in the, into the story. But when you go into a post, that's a whole different level. 
right? Yeah. And and that happened to me once, and I was just like giddy beyond belief when you guys did it for <laughs> me. Like I just was like, I was like, oh my god, I got a post out of this. Like it was crazy. Um, and it also just culminated in a really great night, which I think I drunk texted you at one point about <laughs> it. Um, but I mean, this just the the rapid rate that you guys put content out i mean like i feel like i post a lot and then i see what you guys do i'm like like, how do they do it so what's what's the trick what's the how what's the what's the secret juice there dude there is no secret it's honestly it's just me addicted to my phone but i think it all kind of came down to like you know covid and uh i've always tried to post relatable stuff and i like in the beginning it was like i gotta have like this amazing photo that i shot i have to have like this, I don't know, product in the thing. And then eventually it was just like, what is like, you know, with COVID, it was just like so depressing that it was like, all right, I just want to post something lighthearted. And then it, it just like kind of snowballed in that aspect where like, all right, people like are laughing at this. So people are sharing, like, this is what people want. And then it just kind of like people just send stuff in now, like such a crazy, I mean, if I open my phone, like I have 20 DMs and, you know, like Mm -hmm. four or five of those are just like hilarious service tickets or something funny that happened and then I'll just like, you know, I'll, I'll bounce back and I'll talk to people and we'll like have a little conversation and just leads to more and more. So I think it's really like, it's not something you can like buy. Like I can't just offload the Instagram to like an agency because it's, you know, it's me and like connections with people I've had. And it's also mm-hmm. like, like I saw your page, somebody like posted it and I, that meme was hilarious to me. So I was like, I got to repost this. So you know, people have asked, can you make us memes like this and that? And it's like, I don't know if that's like going to work with your brand. Like I'm just doing what I think is funny. And I, you know, just have a really good understanding of our industry because I've been in it, you know, so many years and I've been in the trenches behind a bar. So, you know, it just makes sense. And it's like, where can we go? Like, where can we push the limits? Um, at the end of the day, just trying to make people laugh, but not at anyone's expense, you know, just, mm-hmm lighthearted stuff that's funny for us chris what are you drinking and then do you have any questions because i know i got a lot more so but yeah, i know you, have some you too. Uh, i wanted i fantasize about this idea of you having like a writer's room really and like just a ton of like you see behind me just a wall full of pictures you're like what makes this picture oh, yeah. funny <laughs> it's Charlie from Always Sunny with like the strings and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be amazing. No, it's just me like on my computer looking at other memes, and then I'm just like, oh shit, that's hilarious, and I'm like, airdrop it to my computer and just start photoshopping, which is hilarious because like I'm terrible at Photoshop, but I've learned through making memes like how to work in Photoshop, which is kind of funny. Like I, I feel like they should just have a class in college, like entry level meme making or something. Memeology one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that's I don't know any any reason to really get get you know super creative. I I get these ideas for memes, but I have no fucking clue how to make them. So I just <laughs> I let I let them die. Uh, Drew actually I mean, that was, that was me at one point. Decent. <laughs> yeah. I put Drew, out, I think got, I put out some okay ones. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a, I, I just use my phone. I use photo grid yeah, so, and I, okay. and, and I kind of do the same thing. Like I'll see, I'll see a meme and I'm like, okay, what, how can I apply that to the industry? Like what's going to make people laugh, yeah, make, you know? It's kind of like, 
I know it's going to sound kind of silly and maybe pretentious, but like it takes skill to make a good meme because you kind of have to know like that meme and like all the context behind it, like over the years, which sounds stupid. But like, if you look at the like history of memes on like Reddit and there's also like the website, know your meme, like there's actually like meaning behind this, all the shit. It's kind of silly, but like flipping it contextually makes it like really, really interesting. And I think that's, I think like in the future, they are literally going to like study memes and how it helped us through this time, which sounds super dumb, but it's literally almost like stand up comedy. Just, you know, you're making millions of people laugh just through Instagram. So I well, don't know. It, it's definitely turned into its own language, right? Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, freaking new age hieroglyphs. You know, every every meme has its own have it has its own meaning. And you gotta, you it's gotta like sort of literally just a put it in context on it, but it's yeah, but it's got some crazy context. Mm-hmm. Um, I am drinking uh, some hogwash rose wine. It is uh, <laughs> generic California rose, but it's a it's a fun little brand. It's uh, super crushable, and I spent the day painting the ceiling of my new bar, and I just needed something easy without having to think too hard about it. And uh, we had this leftover from Easter yesterday and I'm crushing it. There you go. Like that. What are you I drinking? Like uh, I, I'm not drinking anything tonight. Um, but you know what I have been drinking a lot of is this, uh, that Rattler, the Otterkinger from Vienna. Mm. And um, I, uh, I, I just think it's, it's kind of so funny, the timing and, and figuring everything out with uh, about Nick is that, I was drinking these Rattlers yesterday for, for Easter and they're 2%. So I was like, I was like, it's like, this is great. Like I just, it's low. I'm not going crazy. Like I made, I made some cocktails for the family and I just like, you guys go nuts. I I'm not really interested in those, but like, you know, they're like, oh, these are delicious. Have one. I'm like, I'm going to stick with the Rattlers and then kind of did it that way. But, um, it's just really nice. The sometimes with Rattlers, I feel like they can get a little too malty for me. And so like this one is, it just tastes like an adult lemonade. Like it's, if it was a higher ABV, it would be dangerous. It's not. It just kind of makes you sleepy after a little while, but it's like refreshing. <laughs> so um, and full sleepy and full. Yeah. So yeah, sleepy and full. I was kind of like, you know, I had a, I had a few and I was, I was like, I'm good. I can go take a I can go take a nap now. But but it does make me want to transition into, um, you know, it's kind of what we mentioned earlier, Nick. And and I've I've now listened to um, to Joshua Gandhi's podcast, No Proof, and where he talks nice. about like he talks about a lot of different things, but a lot of it is centers around being in this industry and not drinking. Um, so now I've only listened to your episodes. I got to, I, but I, but it was engaging enough that I want to dive into the rest of them because um, I think it's a wonderful concept. Uh, and I think more people need to talk about it. And even in the conversation that you, you had with the brand ambassador from Woodford, you know, mm-hmm. it was a lot of the conversation was about doing your job and you know removing the stigma which i feel that like i get when i take breaks from drinking i get more shit from people outside the industry <laughs> than i do from inside you know yeah it's it's like inside you kind of get it outside they're like they're like what's something wrong like what happened like what can i yeah. do i get you a capri sun now like they don't know what to do <laughs> with their hands um but you know so so you've you've been sober for a couple years now right yeah i'm on i'm close to three and a half now it's kind of crazy yeah Congratulations. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. 
And, and I do, I do encourage everyone to go and, and to read those because we're not going to go as deep as Joshua did. Um, because I just want people to listen to his podcast because it's really great. And um, so, so again, that's called No Proof. Go check that out. Those will be an early dope follow is what that is. But, um, but the thing that stood out to me that you were just kind of like a, yeah, I just kind of decided to do it one day. Like I just was just kind of done. And like you had like a couple slip ups here and there, but then you just kind of were rocking and rolling. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess maybe, it, it, you know, you're, you're so heavily involved and you're such a huge part of this, of this industry now, whether it's forklift safety or memes or anything like that. <laughs> it's like when you bring that fact that like, Oh, I, I don't drink. Like what, what's been the response? Like you were just at bartenders weekend in Southern California, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah. I think that you've also exploded over the last two years. And so a lot of people meeting you for the first time and things like that. Um, you know, if someone is looking, you know, to make, to make that move, but feel like they can't in this industry. I don't know if you have any words for them or things that, you know, you yeah. kind of built off of. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think luckily like a lot has changed in, in the past couple of years. I think a lot of people are, you know, either being more conscious with their consumption or a lot of bartenders just aren't drinking or not drinking while they work. Um, and, you know, for me, it took, you kind of went over, like I had a lot of hiccups and it took like a while for me to become comfortable with saying no or or just outright saying like I don't drink anymore um but now like I'm super comfortable I mean really depends on the situation like if I can go out and like skirt it without you know anybody offering me a shot like I'll have my ways where I'm like drinking just like soda water and it looks like I'm drinking something but you know if somebody's gonna outright be like hey I got you a shot just like hey man you know I really appreciate it I don't drink but like I would love for this person to have it, you know, (laughs) like, I think me, I, I taking a step back, I want like, uh, I'm like, I want other people to have more fun. So I'm like, kind of like a little cheerleader for them. Like, yo, like I don't drink, but like y'all do your thing. Like I want y'all to get turned up. Like I'll drive you like, let's go, you know? Um, Yeah. But at the same time, like if somebody like, that's also the cool thing. I've had a lot of people reach out and be like, Hey man, like I've had thoughts, but I have no idea where to start or like, and I just tell them like one day at a time. I mean, I never was like, I'm going to stop today. You know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to go like three days. I'm going to go five days. I'm going to go seven. Then it was like 40. And then, you know, I drank. And then I was like, you know what? That hangover sucks. I'm going to go 40 more. And then I got to 40. I'm like, I don't need to drink. Like I'm so much more productive. I have so much more energy. Like it really was, you know, when mover and shaker started taking off and, I was working for a brand and I was bartending. I was like, I can't afford, you know, a whole day of being hungover anymore. I just got to kind of cut it out. And, you know, that's, that's more or less like my body just isn't as good as at processing. And I'm not saying like everybody needs to quit. Like, I think if you can just take a look and honest look at yourself and maybe make, you know, a better decision, like you, you know, you drank a couple Rattlers. That's awesome. Maybe that's all it is for you. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, everybody's kind of got their own, you know, story, just, I wasn't listening to myself and I was, you know, torturing my body. So here I am. Yeah, I got I, a, I got a fake beer. <laughs> I think, I think that's like one of the things that I've tried to be better about as I've gotten older is like actually listening to your body. It, it does. I, I do wonder about this though. So one of the things that you talk about a lot, and then, you know, especially in those early days before mover and shaker became mover and shaker is that, 
you talk about the industry a lot of the same ways that I do, where it's just, or, and Chris does as well, where it's like, we are just absolutely in love with it. And we love the history behind it and all these interesting places, all these interesting things, you know, as, as we go on, like this world has become somewhat smaller and we get introduced to so many new spirits and so many new wines and so many different things. I mean, you know, does it, does it make it harder to appreciate maybe some of the newer things because you're not able to taste them or are you tasting them and spitting or like what's i mean you know because i like, i've seen i've seen stuff that you know you work with saint benevolence right or you've done some things with saint benevolence in mm-hmm. terms of photography and whatnot and and we love chase like that's one of our boys right yeah so nice. um when when i saw that i was just I was like, like oh man well you know they've come out with things like very recently i was like i wonder if yeah. nick has gotten to try this or if, if that's just something that's kind of like eh, you know i don't get to try it anymore and that's okay i can still learn about it and, and do it mm-hmm. that way it's like you know you didn't have to be in the civil war to know about it it's just like i just wonder if that ever <laughs> plays into your brain or anything like that yeah i think i mean definitely kind of sucks i mean i still do taste not much anymore honestly um you know i still am a brand ambassador and i love whiskey i've been shooting photos in kentucky for four or five years now so been to all the distilleries you know i kind of just like kind of honestly look at it like you said like i love like the context and the background of these spirits where i may not be into like drinking them or the taste of them anymore but like how they're made, like who's behind the brand. Like I work with all these people, you know, that work with the brand. So those stories only almost mean as much as, you know, the spirit itself. And honestly, a lot of times people like brands for that marketing story. They just don't even know it anyways. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's just taking a step back and looking at it from a different perspective. Like I love so many like whiskey distilleries, because of the people that work for him. You know what I mean? It's just those connections on a different level. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of taking a different look. Is there, um, you know, in, in these limited, is there in the limited samplings that you've done, can you think of any spirit where you're kind of like, Ooh, I could probably drink a whole bottle of this, but I'm not going to because I have self-control unlike Drew and Chris. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Is there, is there anything that comes to mind? I'm just curious. It's like, it's like what, what tempted the, what yeah, tempted him, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think like Mezcal as a whole, like, it's just so delicious. And there's something about like, you can literally just taste like all the vegetal notes. Mm-hmm. And there's something so fresh about it that I just want Like if I were to ever drink again, that would be like the one thing I would want to go to. Or if they made like a pill where you could just like drink and not get drunk, I would just be like, hey, let's just <laughs> 11 a.m. Let's drink some mezcal. I did live in Mexico and Barton there for like a month. So I already kind of lived this fantasy, but um, yeah, maybe we'll uh, someday we'll make it come true again. That's awesome. Now, do you, uh, with your current workload and, and all the different things that, that you do, like, do you ever find yourself behind the stick anymore? Or is it just, you know, now you're, now you're just a media mogul at this point? Yeah, so you kind of already beat me down in the intro about the Jaguars. So I bartend for the owner um, during home games. So I, it's a pretty bougie gig. I'm I'm downplaying it, but I get to bartend Damn. in his suite. And yeah, I watch all the games. So I've been doing that for five years. Uh, so I did get to see one season where we almost went to the Super Bowl with Bortles, of all right. people. Yeah, um, but, they blew yeah, that AFC Championship us. so close. 
so close. I think we got robbed there, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a steady decline ever since, but I think uh, we have nowhere to go but up. Hopefully, so you're so then you would have somewhat of a relationship with Tony Khan, then Shad Khan's son. Yeah, I, I've served him. We're not like best friends or anything, but uh, if you know anything about him, he has a hand in AEW wrestling. So we get a lot of the wrestlers in the suite, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which this guy right here, I'm pointing out myself yeah. for the people, and I'm obviously a huge wrestling fan. So it's like when when I saw that earlier, I was just like, I was like, oh my god, he, you know, he's probably hung out with Chris Jericho, and that's the coolest uh, thing yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, so. Chris Jericho's been up there a, a bunch, man. Him, uh, Ric Flair was in there last season. Uh, Goldberg, <laughs> yeah, uh, he did the Duval, but like in a Ric Flair way, it was pretty funny. Um, and I think like the coolest person up there was Mike Tyson, which um, he doesn't drink anymore, but he he's doing like his whole weed thing. Oh, his and, weed thing uh, is incredible. Yeah. So like, I was trying to find any way to like just say something to him, but he like didn't come to the bar the entire time until like the very end. We had I think like some M and M's just sitting out or or some candy or something, and uh, I just said something like really really lame. I just I was like. It was really good, man. He just like looked at me crazy and just walked off. I was like, damn, I blew my chance with Mike Tyson. <laughs> like I should have had something better than that. Yeah. Uh, he was like, up. he's like, he was like, M&Ms that have been around forever. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. He's like, okay, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think that's, you know, that's, those are those moments that, that keep you humble right there. Yeah, right? for sure. I was like, oh, um, it's whatever. It's Mike Tyson. It is Mike Tyson. Well, that's that's awesome, and I think um, I think now it's time for for us to give our opinions on on stories that we've heard from reputable sources. <laughs> okay, so the first thing that we're going to talk about today, and this is this was an article um, that it's not really too much meat to it, but I think the overall theme is something that I want to talk about, and and. Nick, you and I, we talked a couple of weeks ago about this company that posted all of their salaries and benefits on on a board in public, right? And, you know, at one point we were really excited about it. And then you kind of unveiled like, they're actually kind of shitty. And I was like, damn it. You know, here we are. I think we're making <laughs> progress. But but the labor force has changed dramatically over the past two years because of COVID and everything like that. And, and basically in this article, it was, you know, people complained about like, oh, we usually take Sundays, Mondays off. Now we're going to take more days off because we can't hire people and it was a little whiny and it was kind of like, like you don't realize that you haven't cultivated a great environment for these people. Um, and so, you know, Nick, you're, you're exposed to bartenders from an industry, industry folk from all over, all over the industry. And, and also a really, you know, I guess infamous pin and sticker that you've won is like, there's no crying in the walk-in. Right. <laughs> and just like, and you know, like you was kind of like, you know, you're getting your chew, you're getting chewed out on the floor. You go into the walk-in, you cry a little bit, you come out. And it's, but that's like a real thing that does happen in this industry. Like the walk-in is really kind of the refuge from the scum that some, that frequent some of these bars and restaurants. And so, you know, what you're based in Florida, it's obviously a much different situation in Florida than it is in California, you know, very different politics and all this other garbage. But, um, what have you seen on the Florida side of it? Like what has been some of the labor changes? Cause actually in that article, one of the things that they do mention is that this is where 
where change in the labor force often starts is in the service industry. So like, what have you seen in Florida? Like, you know, do you, do you see places with um, limited hours or unable to staff or what's, what's that been like in Florida? You know, the one fortunate thing, I guess, to come out of COVID and being in Florida is we were literally locked down for like a month and then it was kind of like wild, wild west, um, which, you know, I wasn't full-time bartending, so I really can't speak on that, but my girlfriend manages a bar. So I kind of got a lot of what was happening through her. And, um, you know, the fortunate thing is that a lot of bars survived, you know, a lot of bars and restaurants here. Um, but I think it was just like, the people that were coming out were just like the worst and, you know, the attitude. And I think it just made a lot of people jaded. Um, so, you know, that is not good, but, um, you know, I'm just happy that a lot of our places survived. And I think it was, it was really surprising because I was hearing accounts through like the, the mover and shaker account of people. Yeah. in like California and like other States that literally like until a couple months ago had been not working at all. And, you know, I'm just like, whoa, like, you know, I just kind of thought everything was not normal, but, you know, people were still working here. So to hear, you know, things were locked down for so long, it's, it's scary and it's sad, but, you know, kind of to your point of being a bartender's weekend, I feel like everybody is bouncing back, you know, fairly well for, you know, how terrible things have been, um, I think people's attitudes, you know, I, I, there's a lot of just uh, jaded people, but I think we're resilient and we're kind of used to just being, unfortunately, like the punching bag. But, you know, you just got to take it one step at a time and, and um, I don't know, make do. Uh, I think a lot of people did kind of figure out what they wanted to do, you know, their their pivot, but, you know, a lot of people stuck around. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think it's still too early to tell, but I don't know. And so Chris, I'm going to kick it over to you. Uh, and actually kind of even more, I guess, current news is there's a couple of California senators who are now proposing a uh, 32 hour work week, right? Because there was so many people that have quit their jobs over, over the past year and a half. Um, you know, just we're kind of like, no, this, I'm just not dealing with this bullshit anymore. Um, what have you seen in Sacramento? Like, do you see bars bouncing back? Do you see, or still lots of limited hours and, and whatnot from the California perspective? I think the, the places that have survived um, are less on limited hours, at least, at least in our little corner of the universe over here. Right. Like I, I, I think you actually, you hit more, uh, more addresses than I do typically now, uh, just given given the nature of our two of our two jobs. But everything that I've seen, if it survived, people are back to work. It doesn't seem like I hear as quite as many people bitching about about labor shortages anymore. Um, I've definitely heard you know one or two stories here or there about people not being able to like get a get a head chef and whatnot, but. Um, it seems, it seems like the people who want to be working in this industry are working and it, I, but what I will say is that it seems like they're working where they want to be working and not just at some random job biding their time until they can get the one that they want. 
Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's the right sense. I mean, it's kind of like you know, it's almost like the employees market. You know, you can go wherever you want to go, and and most of what I've seen has been back of the house. Um, is is really kind of where the more struggles have been, and I think that's but that that was an issue before COVID. You know, um, it's hard to get people to work those backbreaking jobs and pay them almost nothing, right? So, um, and a few of the people that I have seen you know, gripe about the labor shortage at this point are people that also I get the sense are just kind of assholes in general. And it's kind of like, like, well, this might be a bigger reflection on you than it is on really what's (laughs) available and what's not available. You know, I think there are certainly industries that are really suffering right now with labor. So for example, like trucking, like trucking is a really tough industry in terms of getting people hired. But, um, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to um, to our industry and in whatnot. Um, so, so I mean, make, you know, I, I think I think what needs to be stated here is is sort of the elephant in the room, right? Which which is we've had almost a million people die in this in this country, almost a million fucking people. That's a lot of people, and for for an industry that that pre COVID. Um, had 15% of the workforce. That's a lot of people to not have in that workforce anymore. Right. Yeah. And that's not even included in, uh, people who've just moved on. Right. Who, who have made their pivot. They found other ways to make money. They found other industries that they are just as qualified, if not more qualified to be in um, where they get to go home and sleep in their bed and spend time with their loved ones and their friends and their families. You know, the restaurant industry is a really hard one to be in. Um, it's easy in some aspects and really difficult in other aspects. And I, I think that the people who have moved on, you know, more power to them. It's, you know, I, I hope that they found success and they're happy with with maybe, you know, getting benefits and, you know, a, a salary and stable, stable job. And the people who are still here, um, you know. Fuck yeah, let's rock and roll. Uh, you know, I know more and more people who actually I talk to every day who are just really still eager about wanting to join this industry. They just, I think people are being a lot more selective in how they're doing it now. You know, they're not just jumping in as a dishwasher or as a host. They're they're finding finding ways and and planning a path to reach the destination that they want to reach. Yeah, so I think like so wanna- I think. I think the greatest thing that I kind of read was like, you know, when we're all pausing for a second, you had a second to think about your life. Like when you're so caught up in the grind of go to work, go home, go to bed. Like when you had that second to breathe, you're like, what am I doing this? Like, why am I working this shitty job or why am I working this job with no benefits or low pay? And people could really evaluate their lives and and find, like you said, a path to what they want to do. And I think that is, you know, the most beautiful thing, hopefully, you know, people have that mindset. I know I'm very fortunate, you know, if I was still drinking, I may have kind of got bummed out and depressed and turned to that. But, you know, I think a lot of people made those positive pivots and are doing things that they want to do now. Yeah. One of the things that, that I've noticed and Chris, you kind of touched on a little bit is that there are people coming into the industry that were not part of it before and maybe they can be more selective. And so, so I think I would pose this to you, you know, as a, as a brand ambassador, you know, one of your 
you know, top roles is, is educating people. And, um, and even though it's been a different, you know, uh, situation from California to, to Florida, like here in California, I'm noticing that I'm going into bars and when I'm doing staff educations, I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know anybody here. And it's like exciting, but then also kind of like, like, shit, am I starting over? Like, but then you kind of figure like, Oh no, I'm just, I'm somehow lumped into the old guy group now. Like what the hell happened? <laughs> um, I got like grandfathered in. I was like the last one. It's like, I got put in this group. Um, but what, what's it been like that for, for your brand ambassador role? I mean, do you feel like you're going into and seeing lots of new faces or because, because Florida never really shut down like you, or is it a lot of the same? Like what's, what's it been like out there? I think it's been fairly middle ground there. I think a, there were a lot of movements between bars, but not a whole, like too much new blood. Um, but I always welcome new blood. You want new blood in the bartending world because you want, I think that's how you progress because you have, you know, the old, the old cats that are like, they kind of paved the way, but you get stuck in your ways a lot of times. So you gotta have those new guys to come in that way. They try to outshine the old ones, you know, it kind of creates a little competition, hopefully friendly competition, but like, I hope somebody comes up with like something like mover and shaker and like. I want to inspire those people. You know what I mean? And then they'll be doing something that I had never even thought about, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, yeah, you, you want that uh, new generation. Because I think we were kind of in a weird place with like craft cocktails where it was like kind of a transition period where it got so serious and so pretentious that like people, it just became like a joke. So now it's like kind of back to like, like, let's just have fun. And I think that's going to spark a lot of people kind of getting back into making like better cocktails. I think it's um, overall like cocktail making, you know, everybody can make a great cocktail. There's so many books. It's just like, we're just going next level. It's just like expected when you go in a spot, you're going to have a good drink at this point. So it's like, where do you go from there? It's kind of exciting. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a great point. I mean, I, I remember thinking, before where it was like you know you had you had a couple things happening at least in the sacramento region right and it had it was it had already been transpiring in san francisco where there was this level of arrogance that was coming up where you had people starting to open up restaurants and run programs who might have just been a bar back at a different more popular bar and not and listen nobody works harder than a bar back but i'm just saying it's like taking that experience level and then being like yes i was a bar back at this place like oh that's a very popular bar you can run our bar program here and it was just like in all these mm-hmm. people getting put into places and and we, you know we really sat there and thought was like well the bubble's gonna burst you know you have all these people yeah. coming in and you also had this influx of entrepreneurs who couldn't compete with amazon you know, couldn't compete with uh, like the door dashes and stuff like that. So they looked at the restaurant industry as like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's good when it's bad and it's good when it's good. So like, I'll yeah. get into that and I'll open up a restaurant because it's so sexy and, and stuff like that. And and it was just really interesting because, you know, you would try to do educations and you would try to do these different things and just nobody was going to them, at least in this area, like nobody mm-hmm. was going and it was super frustrating. And um, it's you know, there's still a little bit of that going now, but it's like, I haven't been blanked on anything yet, which is really nice. And that's a good change up. We're just kind of like, yeah, people showed up. They wanted to learn. They asked good questions. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of like, a. I mean, I wish we didn't have to sacrifice 
as much as we did, but it does feel like this reset was coming one way or another. And it just happened to be accelerated by COVID. Right. Yeah. I think to your point, I think it's, for some reason, it's always hard to get people to come out, but when you do, like, it's so valuable in that. I think also a lot of times, like, green bartenders or just service people in general, like, think they know everything. You know, they read, like, one book, and they're, like, an expert on X, Y, and Z. Um, but, like, I often find, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm an expert by any means, but I find when I do my, like, staff trainings uh, for Angels Envy, um, people think they know a lot more than they do not that there's anything wrong with that but when i talk about like our brand i really want to tell them like personal experiences i've had and really like i'm i'm not trying to sell myself but i'm trying to say like look i was in your shoes like just a couple years ago like Mm -hmm. i kind of want them to see like the career paths if they take what they're doing seriously if that's what they want to do because like with mover and shaker, I mean, nothing like that existed or there was no avenue like that. And I just took like our industry and I just applied like my background and what I like to do and just said like, well, what if I did that? Like in, and to your point earlier, like I just took it one day at a time and I built this thing up and I want like those people to know, like they may not love like washing dishes in the dishwasher as a bar back or stocking beer but you take that and you could literally become you could do sales like there's so many different things you do you become a brand ambassador you know all these different things and it's kind of funny like you kind of get into the service industry not to have a quote-unquote real job and then i think you always kind of end up there but there's a lot of really cool things and if you're really passionate about them there's there's ways to get to it yeah, and I think that, you know, that was one thing that we actually talked about before we started the recording and and one of the things that I love about the mover and shaker story is that, you know, both both Chris and I are at levels that for whatever reason people are stupid and want to also be at. And um, you know, and it was and and you mentioned it in your conversation with with Eric Castro on Bartender, you know, at large, which is another really great podcast. If people aren't listening to it, go check out your guys' conversation because your girlfriend's heavily involved in that one and she has a lot of really cool mm-hmm. shit that she, at least that she was working on at the time. That was also kind of way back when. So some of that stuff has already yeah. come to fruition. But um but anyways, it was, you know, you you kind of look at people on top of the mountain and they're not looking at it from like, well, I had to do this, 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 and this, as I got from each summit to each summit to each summit before I continue to build up. And I think ultimately, and, you know, and whether it's us hosting a podcast, me doing, you know, private tastings, Chris doing these cocktail kits through his store, or you starting this, you know, little media empire, you know, and this, you know, this merch shopping, I think there's so many different ways that you could describe Mover and Shaker. It's just really fun. (laughs) And, and it was just something that like, yeah, you just, you just went and did it. And I think if there was one thing that any, if anybody's listening that is look, looking to start a project, like just start it, just do it. You know, we don't encourage anybody to go back and listen to our first couple episodes because they are awful. But <laughs> with that said, it's like, we just went and did it and we made a ton of mistakes and the show has changed you know, time and time again. And it's like, if you would have, you know, asked me 
a couple years ago. It's, it's like, hey, do you think you'll ever have, you know, Suther Teague on on this on this podcast? It's like, fuck no. Like you could have asked me six months ago if I whatever would have had mover and shaker on this. I'd be like, no way. They're way too big for us. <laughs> like there's 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 no there's no way to do it. So you know, I guess ultimately and and again with your story, and I think it's I think it's so perfect. And you you described some of the things that you did before with it. It's like, just go out and do it. Just take this opportunity, you know, to what we were talking about. You can be selective, you can align yourself with the right people. And then you just don't know who's going to, who's in your circle. So network with everybody, which I think is also another thing that you've talked about in a lot of different interviews yeah. as well. Cause you built this business through your connections, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're delving into Kim Kardashian saying, just get to work or whatever she said, but um, <laughs> God damn it. I don't want to do that. S- <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, like, I think the the moral of the story of like what I was saying in that podcast was like literally just take it one day at a time and just like, like overcome the obstacle that's in the way. Um, I think one of the anecdotes was like, I used to literally like get off my shift at like three in the morning and like put a pin into like a brown envelope and like hand write the addresses, yeah. which is like the worst possible way to do it. And then like throw them in my mailbox. Um, like, yeah. So like, from that to, you know, shipping like hundreds of orders a day with like an actual thermal printer and uh, the right way to do it. It's just all stuff you got to learn. Like I didn't even know what, how to like invoice somebody when I first started, I didn't know anything. I just was like, I want to sell something. How do I do it? I literally mm-hmm. went to like every one of my friend's bars with like 20 pens and was like, yo, do y'all want some? Like throw cash at me. So, I mean, if you want to do something, like you have people that can help you. Like I have people all the time ask me questions and I may not know the answer, but I know somebody that can help them. And something else that I mentioned in that podcast was like, I just like found out what everybody, like all my regulars did in real life. And then I just used them for that stuff. <laughs> in like, real life. My, t- my t-shirt printer <laughs> used to come to my bar all the time and drink gin and tonic. So I was just like, yo dude, I'm starting this thing. Do you want to print my shirts? My accountant was like my, uh, a judge for like this Woodford competition I did. And, uh, I just happened to win that. Um, and then I just happened to hire him as my accountant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just like use those people. Like you, you talk to people all day. So, you know, ask them what they do and I don't know, hit them up. They, they want to help. People want to help. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the thing that, um, for whatever reason, a lot of people don't take advantage of. I was talking with a, a mutual friend of uh, Chris and I's a few weeks ago about making moves into the next the next position and stuff like that. And you know, he was talking about. I was like, "Oh, I'm, well, I'm working a Tuesday shift, and it and it's a day shift, and it kind of sucks, but it's also the day that all the reps come in, right?" Nice. And yeah. so he was just like, "Well, now it became a resource because I was asking them questions and stuff like that." It's just like you can make these shifts whatever you want them to be. You know, if it's information mm-hmm. gathering, if it's making more money, it's just know, there's a lot of opportunities. And again, to kind of talk to to bring it back to the original topic, you know, the labor force is there; they're just more picky. Don't be a douchey chef. Pay your people, <laughs> and then uh, you know they will come. They will come to you. So uh, great. I think that I think that wraps that one up. Full, full circle. Uh. 
All right. So this next one was, uh, which I think has become like almost our biggest contributor. Like we need to get somebody from VinePair at this point um, because we just use a lot of their articles and we've had people on here who have written for them as well. Written for them, written for them. You know, that's a word. Roten. Uh, Roten's yeah, good. We're roten, we're roten for everybody. Uh, so this article dove into what's more important to brands these days. Is it influencers or is it bartenders? Nick, you're in a unique position where you're both and you've talked about how people approach you and then like, you know, creating different memes and stuff like that. Is it, you know, does it necessarily fit their brand and stuff like that? So as you read through it, you know, you had a lot of different interpretations, like people talking about like, Hey, like, you know, I have, I have 1200 followers, but that guy has 83,000 and that kind of kind of moves the meter when brands and influencers do come together it can be a magical thing. It can be productive. And then we're also recording this during Coachella, which I think is really funny because there's nothing but influencers going nuts right now. So I wanted to mention that <laughs> we're also dating the podcast now, but um, you know, when you, when you see like what your contributions were, cause this is, this is like a, you know, cause now you are tech, like you're technically an influencer, right? Like that would be appropriate to call mover and shaker an influencer. So um, you know, do you feel like you're having a bigger impact now or as a bartender? Like what, what's been your situation when it comes to kind of using that as the over, you know, the umbrella term for what's been better for you as the bartender, as the influencer for a brand? Yeah, I think this is definitely a big debate and something like during COVID, you saw a lot of marketing dollars go to influencers and a lot of bartenders were like really pissed. Um, I think it's a, it's a really tricky question. Um, I think it just really comes down to like, what are the, what is the brand trying to accomplish? Um, you know, who are they trying to speak to? Cause sometimes, you know, I think bartenders build brands, but if they're trying to speak to like the base level consumer, maybe like an influencer is the best move. Cause like, I don't want to name any, brands but like you see some brands that like i don't even know if they exist in real life i just see them on instagram <laughs> so like where is this being sold or bought like blue gin or whatever like are people using this in at cocktail bars i don't even know um nothing against it but it's just like i don't know i i, I think it's all it's all smoke and mirrors too because like tito's just out here still being tito's killing it and I don't even know what they do, you know, but I, I don't have a good answer for this. I think um, just my kind of mindset on like what we're doing is like, I I don't ever want to be like advertising for a brand that just doesn't fit mover and shaker. Like I'm happy to take brands money if it makes sense and it fits in with like how bartenders feel or if there's a way we can like spin it with something we've done before but I'm not just trying to like make a paycheck just because, and, and it really goes, and it, sorry, it really goes into like, you know, who I've met, like some of these people behind these brands are amazing people. And those are the brands, you know, I want to support and they support us or they support bartenders. So, you know, showing them love is, is mutual. So I, I think there's a lot of benefit for a brand to align themselves with you at this point because you're so synonymous with the like you're the voice of the industry, right? But when you first started 
and you said you started with Angostura and Fernet, like related mm-hmm. merch, right? I think you did the crocodile and then you did um, uh, whatever. Did you do the bottle for Angostura? Yeah. For, for the yeah. Now, was that a scenario where like you reached out to them and you're like, hey guys, you mind if I do these pins or do you just do the pins? And then was there ever a cease and desist? Was there ever, you know, have you, have you received that from anybody? Cause like, you know, you do like do some like, like now there's, there's actual IPs that you're working with and it's like, they're like big ones, you know, mm-hmm. but back then when you didn't have necessarily the same pool that you have now, I mean, what did you have any of those conversations or is this kind of like, Oh, this is just really cool. And then nobody really said anything. It just got big. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I mean, I had no idea, like it wasn't even to start a business. So it was like, oh, I'm going to do this, these things that I like. And, you know, like I said, sell them for whatever cash on the side, just for fun. Um, and I don't know if I've talked about it in another podcast, but I did get like an order from somebody and their email address was like at angosturahouse.com. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's either going to be really good or really bad. Um, and like a couple of days later, I got an email like, Hey, we love this. Like we want to order bazillion. And I'm like, Oh, well, okay. Um, so that story was a good story. I've definitely got some cease and desist. And I think it's like my, like coming from skate culture where there's a lot of like parodies and like ripping stuff off where in the beginning it was like, okay, let's like take this logo and just like, you know, change it to something with bartending. Um, you know, and as we grow, it's kind of like, all right, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta distance ourselves from that a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a good journey. I mean, at this point, uh, I've worked with literally over 400, 500 brands creating merch for them, like on the back end, um, stuff that's not like on our website, which is insane. So it's, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to be done um, creating merch, and I think it helps to have somebody that's in bartending help you with your merch. Because a lot of these brands for years, it was like, oh, here's like a shitty shirt, like lightweight shirt or Gildan shirt that's like super boxy that this person's never gonna wear. We're gonna print ten thousand million of them and like throw them out on St. Patty's Day. So my mindset has been like, Hey, let's make something that like a bartender is actually going to wear for more than one day, you know? And, and people now like kind of want that clout of mover and shaker, which is kind of awesome to, to go full circle. Yeah. I, I love seeing some of our local bartenders like tag you guys and stuff. And then they get really excited when you do repost it. It's like, it's super rad. And this is kind of fun. Cause, cause again, I've been in that position as well. Um, and you you talked about the Raekwon, like the way it came together on Castro's podcast. So again, I want to send people that way. Just go listen to a lot of good, good content and different questions and different styles together. The one that I'm really curious about when it comes to this branding and stuff like that is how the hell did you get to go ahead for Star Wars? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not Star Wars. It's... Uh star battles inspired let's put it that way oh my god okay (laughs) i wish i wish everyone could have seen the video of that that yeah the well you know what i i'm sorry i'm looking i'm looking at it now you're right that is not that is not an empire far away i don't know what i was asking (laughs) whatsoever um 
but that's it's, uh, it's an artistic handmade rendition of something that may remind you of a very awesome story you once watched on your television okay All i right. do well, i we're... do love star wars and i love the mandalorian and i the book of boba is pretty good so we'll, we'll leave it at that yeah fair enough fair <laughs> enough um uh okay so so chris there's been there's been a couple times when you've gone viral usually at the expense of jen but um you know for you i mean spiral was definitely at the spec at the expense of my wife so so for you like when you when you read this article and then when you just kind of see the the climate of of like what what's moving things because during the pandemic like you did a lot of bartender featured stuff right like you got them out in front of people they were doing videos making cocktails you know eventually everybody started doing it but like you were one of the ones that's like yeah let's let's highlight these guys so what do you see as more influential especially as a as a buyer now like if if you see something on an influencer like does that do you get influenced by it or are you still kind of a man of the people i i don't um but i will say i i um get a lot of them sent to me um by you know friends who are cooks uh friends who are not in the industry um and then i have a especially being in the retail sector i have a lot of interaction with people who are of the influenced uh, persuasion. Uh, the, it, I don't really see this as being anything more than just advertising. And, and, and I think it's just a, it's just a different methodology and a different Avenue really for brands to reach people. It's this, I, you know, it's the same exact reason why bartenders will say like, I'm working tonight. Come see me. Right. It's 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 their way of interacting with people, getting more attention, getting those people to come see them, even though everybody knows already that they work on Wednesday night. But that way they go, oh, yeah, they are working on Wednesday night. OK, let's let's go see them. Um, the difference is the reach and the volume that that has. OK. That's um, a great point. Yeah. And, and do you think that it's something that that can be built upon like, you know, making that transition from bartender to influencer. Cause we actually have a few of those in, in our life, right? Like, like former guests, yeah. you know, Lucas is yeah. like, he's a really good example of that. So he was just a bartender and it just blew up. Now he's kind of, now he's a big deal, you know, yeah. like he's, he's getting asked to do this different stuff and, and things like that. So let me go back to you then, Nick, cause you kind of made that transition, right? Where you were, you know, you're in that spot, you're a brand ambassador, you're a bartender, but now you're navigating the waters of what fits your brand and making sure that, that it goes. So, so what's that like? Because I think it would be really hard for any bartender or really anybody just as who just like gets approached by someone that says like, Hey, we'll give you, I don't know what these, what these dollar amounts look like, but let's just say $5,000, right? We'll give you $5,000 to put this on there, but it doesn't really align with your brand. Like how do you navigate those? Cause I, I would have to assume the temptation to take the money and run is, is pretty strong. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's like where it's tricky with mover and shaker because we have a very, I think it's kind of a specific specific direction as far as like our tone, and you know it has to be very like authentic or else the bartenders are going to just like sniff it out and like roast it essentially. Um, so I think it's really just aligning with, with like what you're trying to accomplish with your page. Like if you're just making recipes 
I mean, go for it. But I think at the end of the day, like, you know, you got to have some sort of like background and backbone with what you're doing. So for me, like, if it's a, like a sector that I really like, like I love sherry and fortified wines, like I'm going to be like, hell yeah, let's like figure a way to work this out. I think it just looks a little different from like mover and shaker aspect because it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like me, like cheesily making a cocktail like on our page. You know what I mean? It can be like, Hey, let's do a giveaway or let's create some merch or, Hey, we're going to do like a pop-up at bartenders weekend. Um, we did some like really dope, like you may not know, but you brought it up earlier. We did like the safety meeting because a safety meeting in, in the bartending world is, you know, specific time you take a little shot and kind of build morale with your bartenders. But I took that a step further with a literal safety meeting and we did like fake forklift certification. But we also had uh, my friends at Bacardi there with daiquiris for everybody. So they walk in our pop-up, we have our shop there. You get your shot of uh, your, your daiquiri shot. And then I had like fake forklift certifications that I like signed for everybody. Super cheesy, <laughs> a lot of fun. But it's like, how can we fit this into like what we're doing and make it, you know, A, authentic to bartenders and B, like on brand with Mover and Shaker while also being on brand with, you know, the brand that we're working with. Yeah, no, that was... I mean, I think I think this bartenders weekend, at least observing it from afar, it was just was like hey, this was a lot of really well executed deals, but like the forklift <laughs> safety meeting was so funny to me. I just was like, how great is is that? You know, to uh, I mean, I I definitely was like googling uh, forklift like instructors because I think it would be hilarious to have like an actual like two hour, four hour class, however long it is, and like get like people to sign up because a I mean you literally get certified. So, I mean, that's very useful, but B it just be super funny to like, <laughs> people think it's a joke and then they're like, Oh shit, I'm actually getting certified. Um, but I guess everybody will have to be sober. So that may be a tricky situation at bartenders weekend. <laughs> <laughs> to get, get them before their coffee on the very first day. Yeah. People were going ham at the pool, at like 11 AM. Like, yeah, this is not a forklift friendly party. <laughs> No, it's not. They're not. They have not chosen the ways of the sober way. That's that's for no, sure. No, not yet. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems like we're we're all in agreement. There's there's still a place for the bartenders, and just like you know, some of these some of these influencer heavy brands, we don't even know if they're real. So maybe one day <laughs> we'll we'll come across it, and and we can like text it to each other and be like, like, oh my god, it exists. Here it is. <laughs> Finally, first time ever. you know who's dope them over there okay so now time for my favorite segment of the show our dope follows this is where we tell you who you should be checking out it could be podcasts which i have mentioned multiple times today uh it could be instagram accounts maybe something like mover and shaker or it could be books movies whatever the case may be so nick kick us off who is your dope follow who do people need to check out in your opinion i'm gonna cheat and say a few people real quick um <laughs> that's totally fine i've been totally following fine. been following buddy head which is like a little bit on the like labor force end with some really interesting like stuff going on 
uh, and some hilarious memes. Uh, the Sussmans does some really hilarious, uh, <laughs> more like sh- chef memes. Uh, and my buddy for the chefs, obviously chef memes as well. Um, and then liquor industry, which does like sales rep memes and then shitty wine memes for your, all your shitty wine meme needs, uh, obviously. But yeah, there's my plugs. I love those. I think I follow all of them except for for the chefs. Yep. I got yeah. I got Same. banned. I got banned from Buddy Heads Two account Dang. because well, I they because th- there's there's a lot of stuff that's on there. Yeah, it's it's very socialist. Which there's a lot of things that I can't agree with, and there's things where I'm kind of like, sure. like, okay, I'm like I'm like that's really dumb, and this doesn't make sense for this reason. And you know, you don't want to challenge that guy. He's got a lot of free time. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, so he banned me from the, from the number two account. You got to pick and choose with some of these pages these days. They're like very one note, you know? Yeah. They're not a whole lot of nuance, uh, on those ones, but those are, <laughs> those are all really good. There was one that the Sussmans did today that was it today or yesterday. That was so funny. And I just was like, good for that. And I, I'll just see if I can find it and send it to you guys, but that's a really good one. I like, I like that one. I'll check out for the chefs. He, he, he definitely wakes up like the Sussman's wakes up way earlier than me. So like, that's always the first thing I see. And then just like sparks my meme making. Cause I always like lay in bed for like an hour, just like making my first couple memes of the day. So you gotta, you gotta have that creative uh, flow. You know, one of the, one of the other things I want to talk to you about before we get to Chris's uh, do follow is that you had this wonderful online rivalry with good cocktails there for a while <laughs> where you guys oh, yeah. were really going back and forth with each other. Uh, how much of that was was kayfabe and how much of that was real um man i want to leave you guys in mystery with that one i think you can give us an answer offline if you want to do that if you want to do that i think i think good i think good cocktails and i need some more beef i think that'd be a lot of fun (laughs) the people the people want it people love it It was i mean like when you guys are really going at because that's when i mean and that's one of the things that i love about wrestling right is that when I really get into it and I like really hate someone or I really love someone. <laughs> and then I have that realization like, Oh, I'm getting worked right now. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I have completely fallen in. There was a few times during, during those spats where I was kind of, I was, I was, I was like, God damn, like they are really going back and forth at each other. Like it was, it was great. So, all right, we're, we'll leave that one in the mystery realm. That's okay. Right. I like uh, that. But, but yeah, bring bring the beef back. We need the mega powers to collide again. Is what I is, is what I'm going to say. Just Where's the beef? Going. Yeah, just keep going. All right, Chris, who's your dough follow? Uh, I'm going with two. Uh, one is a little bit of self promotion, uh, industry focus, which is uh, follow my the Instagram for my new restaurant. It's uh, bodega underscore Sacramento. Please interact with us. Follow us. Hang out. Come see us when we open. That'd be great. I'd love it. Uh, The other is something that fell gloriously into my lap uh, a few days ago. And I'm absolutely in love with this, with this uh, account and it's called seductive, uh, but it's seductive with a K well with a CK. So like seductive and it's all about, all about a duck. It's amazing. <laughs> and the uh the guy who who is the the ducks person does really lovely voiceovers and 
they still spread good messages, but then also play really funny duck videos. It's just amazing. I enjoy it. I, f- I feel like I should have had more f- follows. Now I feel like I'm going to be, I'm like insignificant compared to you guys right now, but you know what? It's fine because I went with the classy follow this week. All right. I'm recommending a book. You freaking Neanderthals. That's what you guys are. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to tell you guys, pick up the book Rum Rebels. It's uh, by Martina Hollis and Renee Van Hoven. Um, basically, what it is is a collection of uh, stories about women in the rum industry. And then it profiles different women from currently, like currently involved in the rum industry. So, um, Marian Pacheco from Toronto Urapin, that's uh, one of my close friends, is is featured in it. But so is uh, uh, Karen Hoskin from Montagna Rum is is in it as well. And they just really they do really cool deep dives on each individual, but they also talk about just um, you know the woman's influence over rum you know, throughout its history. And and we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast, Chris, but you know, like nobody has a better palette uh, than, than women do. So true. You know, I'm jealous. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, being able to learn with that and it's, you know, it's a good size book and there's, and there's just a lot of people that get covered in it. So again, that's called rum rebels. It just came out like two weeks ago. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's an easy read too. Cause it's just, you know, it's just, you break it down. They break it down pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, check that out. So rum rebels, it's a great, great book. If you want to, if you want to learn about some, uh, some female bar, uh, rum makers out there, it's awesome. So, you know what? Those are some pretty dope follows. The music for the good bottle park. Podcast, podcast. It's a podcast. Podcast. You're a podcast. Is orchestrated by the Moore Brothers and produced pretty good until this point, as per usual, uh, by us two guys. And before we go, kill these bottles that we've been drinking. We ask that if you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us that five star review. It makes a huge difference, and we have lots of five stars, so we need more. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Good Bottle Podcast. You can follow our individual uh, accounts. Chris is Chris Sinflair. Mine is D Garrison Six. Nick, where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find us at Mover and Shaker Co. or me personally at Bold City Bourbon. And if they want to buy some dope merch or some pins or you know, read some articles that you used to write like three years ago, where can they go to? Moverandshakerco.com. And then you guys can also support the podcast uh, by visiting our Etsy shop. I mean, maybe we can work something out with Moving Shaker. I'm just kidding. Um, and you can get yourself a 100% Celebrity Agave free shirt or maybe get yourself the dopest fanny pack that is out there. Um, and then you can also check out Zencaster slash Good Bottle Podcast. Throw us some shekels so we can buy more pins for ourselves. Shekels. It's just a fun word. It is a fun word. I like saying it when I can. If you would like for us to cover a story or if you're working with a brand that would like to be featured, please email us at thegoodbottlepodcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can purchase some of the bottles that we drank. Do you have some yeah, of that? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get some of those things. We didn't really there drink are too much of that. You can purchase at Good Bottle. Go to Good Bottle and buy some bottles. Fucking some of them please. don't even have alcohol in it. Like, that's what you can do. But hey, guys, until next time, cheers. 
Cheers, big ears. Yeah, we need to do pins next. That's a, that's the ticket. That's, if I've learned anything, it's pins. That's how you make your empire. Yes, we can make it happen. I know a guy. 